the football pod on OTB Sports. Have you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? They're yeah, absolutely oh. financially <laughs> dominant. <laughs> the football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. You're very welcome back. Joe Malloy here, Kenny Cunningham here. We're turning to the snooker, which was really great over the last uh, couple of weeks at the Crucible. In the end, 46-year-old Ronnie O'Sullivan became the oldest world champion in the history of the sport. He won his seventh world championship, which puts him level with Stephen Hendry, and he is already talking about making it number eight. So it was an extraordinary uh, performance by an extraordinary character. Very happy to say Ken Doherty was part of the brilliant BBC coverage and, of course, 25 years ago was probably fresh from Open Top Puss down O'Connell Street, <laughs> is with us now. Hey, Ken. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, very Kenny. well, very well. How's it going, Ken? There was a lovely piece in the BBC. You and Stephen Hendry were in studio and they were uh, reminiscing oh. and there was a package about 25 years ago and it comes back yeah, to studio, yeah. Kenny, and Stephen Hendry says, <laughs> I've won a, seven of these. When can we do a piece on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when I, uh, when I won it and came back at the Open Top Bus through the city of uh, Dublin, uh, Stephen Hendry when he won it he had about 20 people waiting for him <laughs> there was a bit of a difference <laughs> <laughs> you quipped as well the following year when you lost in the final you got the taxi home from Dublin airport I had to, yeah yeah there's like thousand people at the airport big open top bus right through the city cars beeping people running beside the bus flags waving following year losing the final air get coach. a taxi home air coach. <laughs> you didn't even deserve yeah, a taxi no. <laughs> should have got the oh, six day in bus geez. should have got the number six day in oh, no. bus <laughs> I know I know yeah that's the difference between winning and losing you know become between winning it and run a rope that's the big difference the reality there right there you know we're running into superlatives for this guy this is rather extraordinary I thought what was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. really uh, telling and it was a very classy comment I thought on Stephen Henry's part where mm. he was he was asked about now having to share his record with O'Sullivan and he said mm-hmm. I thought in a very genuine way it's actually an honour to share seven with us. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think so. As long, as long, and what the, the sort of the end of that bit was, as long as he doesn't get eight, <laughs> he doesn't mind sharing it. But no, I think, uh, you know, his talent and his genius, I think, deserves to be known as the greatest of all time because he is the greatest of all time. There'd be, never be another Ronnie O'Sullivan, for sure. The only thing that was missing from a CV was like Stephen Hendry's uh, equal in record of seven world titles but I think he probably should go on and maybe hopefully win one more uh, and he certainly he's good enough to do that he's fresh I know he's 46 but he he looks after himself he runs like you know 10 miles a day he's in the gym all the time like he's just he, he looks after his body and if his mind is in the right place uh, you know the talent is there the talent will never go away and there's no reason why he can't come back but I, I, t- I just thought it was fitting it was a brilliant world championship he wasn't even, you know, he wasn't even touched in any of his matches. He destroyed the field. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just a, a fitting to, to crown him the seven times world champion. He's won seven Masters, seven UKs, and now seven world championships. Quite incredible. Ken, do you mind me asking you, I was reading some comments mm. from Ronnie there the last uh, couple of days. He, he spoke about playing at this level for the next kind of uh, 10 years. And I kind of mm. gave it a little bit of thought. You know, obviously, a big football support, you know, yeah. As a footballer, the mid-30s, in terms of when yeah. the drop-off comes, it's a physical thing. You know, your body it lets is, you yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's, fru- does, and yeah. that's the frustration because you, you feel as yeah. if mentally, in terms of your knowledge, your game understanding, it's 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 all there. 
and just at a mm. time where you feel as if like, you know everything you need to know about the game, your body kind of lets you down. Now, would you mind yeah. me asking you for a snooker player, say Ronnie's age, 46 to 56, yeah, yeah, yeah. where does he have to be careful? Where's the potential pitfalls there in terms of kind uh, of uh, drop off that are going to affect them? Yeah, yeah, I think it's the uh, it's the concentration, Kenny, and obviously the uh, you know if he if he does have problems with his eyes, you know uh, that may come into effect. But you know, snooker is not a physical sport like like your own, like football. It's more on the around the lines of like uh, golf and even darts. And uh, you know, we saw Tom Watson nearly winning the British Open at 59 years of age. I don't see why O'Sullivan, at least for the next. I mean, his faculties it slows down as you get older. That's just a fact of life, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's how fast those faculties slow down, you know, and particularly it's the powers of concentration and the World Championships itself. You know, 17 days, it's like it's a marathon of the mind, the body and the soul. It, it, it takes a lot out of you, you know, through all that concentration. But I think for the next, like, at least three to four years, maybe he could possibly still uh, be there, thereabouts and win another one, maybe two. But I think after the 50s, then it, it will it will certainly slow down, you know. But he does, as I said, he does look after himself very, very well. As you said, he, he would have been talked about, Ken, maybe as the greatest, even if he hadn't matched the seven yeah. of Hendry. So mm. what is it just visually that sets him apart? And why, why would most in the game say, well, even, just, even if he doesn't he, get to seven, he's the best? Yeah, I tell you, he, he has this innate ability. I mean, he's super talented. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I used to practice him when, I was tw- when he was only 12 years of age. You know, I always say to people, uh, I used to beat him up, you know, he used to ten two, ten three every day. But he was only twelve at the time, but it still counts in my book, you know. <laughs> but uh, even at twelve, he was knocking in centuries and one four seven. It's just he, every now and again in sport, there's like a genius sort of comes along. We had like sort of someone like Higgins, and we had Jimmy White. They were they were sort of entertainers, but they and they had them very talented, but they never had the talent this guy the way he makes breaks the way he makes the cue ball sort of sing almost you know his, mm. his cue ball control is exceptional the one four sevens he can make he can play left-handed he can play right hand i mean it gets to a stage now he plays left-handed shots and, and the crowd don't bat an eyelid uh, and and like he just switches it's almost natural uh they're just he's just an absolute genius and and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a pleasure to watch he is yeah. to, to to comment uh, to commentate on it's just uh, yeah it's just an absolute genius. I wanted to ask you about the switching hands aspect actually because mm. you, you watching over the weekend and as the shot required or if he felt yeah. like it he might break off left hand but as the shot required he just switch hands and I remember when he first yeah. started doing it it was almost yeah. like a gimmick <laughs> or he was he, like was to alleviate boredom on his own part to just mix it up but yeah. now it's like. An amazing asset to have. Has anyone else in the game ever switched hands like this? Oh yeah, there's still there's a lot of the young kids now. They're all playing. I mean, I got down to to Ding's Academy here in Sheffield, and you see like the Chinese kids. They they dedicate like maybe an hour of their day playing left-handed, you know, because it's it's such an advantage if you can if you can master it. But I remember when he first started playing left-handed in Ilford Snooker Centre back in the uh, you know the mid '90s, and he was only about maybe 18, and he he was sort of proposing that he was going to play the whole season left-handed just to see how he would do, you know. I remember him beating Peter Ebden in the semi-finals of the Matchroom League one year. He beat Peter Ebden. He was world champion, of course. He beat him 6-0, played every shot left-handed, you know. Um, wow. But, yeah, he, he's, like, ahead of his time in lots of different ways. And, uh, yeah, make you sick, really. There's so much talent, you know. He's one of those. Do you get the impression he still yeah. practices very hard? 
Yes, he does. Yeah, I mean that's that's the key thing. He would deflect a lot of sort of pressure on himself by saying he doesn't really care about records or he, you know he's won whatever he wanted to win in the game, but he still dedicates a lot of hard hard end practice hours. And of course, his experiment experiment with different coaches over the year. He's always tinkering with his with his technique, even though it is so good. But he's always looking for that extra edge all the time, and that's a it's remarkable and it's sort of a, it's sort of an insatiable appetite for success. So uh, yeah, for what all he says, he doesn't. He definitely does. You know, I'm guessing Ken, the, the powers to be within Snooker are uh, pretty keen that he hang does hang around for the next couple of years. How's, oh, the, yeah. how's the state of the game generally? Yeah. I can only yeah, guess that with absolutely. him with him around it on the not just on the yeah, periphery yeah. of it, but actually driving it. It actually elevates the whole sport to a different yeah different he, level. He just brings he brings a certain he brings a certain buzz, a certain electricity to the game. I mean, the viewing figures on the BBC were well up over. Uh, four million on on the final, which is huge when wow. you're considering like maybe match of the day or Wimbledon might get a million tops. Like we're, you know, so it, they're they're so they've signed a new deal with the BBC for five years. I mean, Eurosport. I've got twenty odd tournaments are shown all over Europe and the Middle East. Uh, they've signed a, a new co- an extension to the contract, so everything is really good. Yeah, but we need the likes of O'Sullivan to stay around, and also the younger blood coming through. The likes of Lizowski's and even and Trump, and Trump is not that young, he's in the 30s, but he will sort of continue to dominate the game himself and O'Sullivan and Robertson and then the few Chinese boys that are coming through as well. It's uh, so mm-hmm. extraordinary, o- O'Sullivan, because as he said himself, he thought he was winding down. Yeah. So he has a quote mm. here about going to see Dr. Steve Peters, who people are generally familiar with oh, in 2011. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah, said, yeah. Um, yeah. when I went to see Steve in 2011, I was ready to quit. By 33, the likes yeah. of Henry and Steve Davis were on the way down and I had accepted that was the trend. Mm. And Peters has talked about their work and says, you know, Sullivan's a very emotional man. He's learning to recognise his trigger points. You know, yeah. one of the things which makes O'Sullivan so fascinating is his mind and his, you know, his, his vulnerabilities yeah. in many respects. But at 33, yeah. it did look, 20, you know, a decade ago, if you'd said, I think he's going to go on and keep going and he'll be winning in 10 years time and pushing yeah, yeah. on. No. That really didn't look no. likely. No, not at all. I mean, he, he talks very glowingly about Steve Peters was here as well, like uh, the last week at the World Championships. He said that Steve Peters sort of saved his, his career, you know, and saved his life in many ways because O'Sullivan... He had such a troubled background from an early age. I mean, his father, who I knew well, was here at World Championship, you know, went to prison for 18 years from murder when, when Ronnie was just like 16 years of age. His sister was only 14. Then his mother, a few months later, went to prison for tax evasion on the businesses that they were involved in. So from then on, like, he's had, like, you know, mental health issues, you know, which is understandable. And he's battled with those sort of... Uh, problems all his life uh, and you're now you wouldn't know and that's why he's sort of on edge and you, you don't know what to get from him uh, from one day to the other but he, he uh, he's still always at the back of it he loves snooker you know so snooker kept him going even though he was tortured by it at times you know mentally mm. I remember him walking out of a, a semi-final he was 4-1 down to Stephen Hendry first to nine and he just walked out a 4-1 shook Hendry's hand and walked out the semi-finals like you know I mean, he, he could do things like that because you didn't know where he stood with him. But I think that the great, the great thing for him was that he, he, he found uh, Steve Peters and Steve Peters has helped him immensely and sort of given him that appetite back for, to save his career and go on. 
and create these wonderful records that he's done. And um, we're, we're very, very happy that he did. Yeah, he did talk about having to leave perfectionism to one side, mm. you know, that walking out at four one down, not good enough, not perfect. I'm out of here checking out. Yeah. It, it yeah. was an amazing final. I mean, initially it looked like it was going to be a complete walkover. And then in fairness to Trump, he regathered himself on the Monday and, yeah. and had a brilliant afternoon mm. session and at least made the thing very alive. And so it was just really uh, engaging. On the Sunday, O'Sullivan mm. was exemplary. And as you mentioned, the yeah. cue ball control and just it was just, mm. you know, Trump was whacking balls around and O'Sullivan <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it was just rolling everything in pace, beautiful, mm. full control. He did seem to yeah. tighten up on the Monday a touch. Yeah, he did. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which was good, which is only natural. You know, uh, everybody feels pressure no matter who they are. And he definitely looked like he was feeling pressure. But I. When Trump came back from 12-5 to 14-11, we thought, you know, this could go either way now going into the final session. But Ronnie just came out and he played like as if he was playing down the snooker club. It was quite, I, I was sort of mesmerized by it. You know, it's just, he plays when it sort of, it means everything and he plays as if it means nothing. And he just strolls around the table and makes these wonderful breaks and makes the cue ball talk and it's just there. Uh, and he just took off again and uh, Trump never got near him on Monday night. Uh, well, you know, what we were all expecting that he, he was going to push him, but he never got near him whatsoever. Yeah, it was amazing. On Trump, and mm. uh, the coverage was great in the BBC. It was really enjoyable. And uh, yeah. there was there was a point where, uh, I think it was Steve Davis in one of the cutaway uh, moments, just pointed something out. And look, I'm, I'm not watching snooker every week, so I hadn't noticed it before. And once it was pointed out to yeah. me, I couldn't stop seeing it. And it was about yeah. Judd Jud Trump's cue action, his technique. Yeah, 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 his technique. Is, so yeah, you might just very like explain that to people because it's kind of remarkable well, that he ma makes it work yeah, for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what happens is he lines up. When you watch him queuing up, everything, his cue is on the right-hand side of the cue ball. Now, to try and get consistency, you've got to hit the cue ball in the middle of the cue ball. You know, and, and even though you have to use a little bit of side spin every now and again. But, um, so he lines up on the right. So, but as he cues, he comes back to the center. Mm. So it's quite incredible that you can still get that consistency by lining up his eyes on the right-hand side of the cue ball, but bringing it across into the middle of the cue ball just before it impacts. So he's quite unique in that respect. Um, but he's, he's, he's dominated the game himself over the last three years, you know, by winning over 14 or 15 ranking tournaments. He's, he's a quite an exceptional talent himself. Did he ever try and change that and go more orthodox, straight back, straight through? I don't think he could. I don't think he could. You know, I think he's been doing this for so long that he sort of got used to it. He has his own uh, unique technique, and it's, it'll probably if you try to if you try to go back to uh, the orthodox way, you probably fall off the tour or something like that. So he's got to stick to his guns. He, yeah. He's been very successful as it is. Yeah, I was but thinking of I was sorry, Ken, I was thinking of Jim Furyk. You know, if you're your golf and the, the golfers, yeah, is that yeah, unorthodox yeah. swing of him? Yeah. When he first came on Absolutely, the scene, yeah, and people yeah, were saying, yeah. "Well, he can't stick with this." At that stage, young lads were coming mm. up; they all had the same swing, and yeah. he's got to get yeah. away from this. But he didn't. He doggedly stuck with it, and it's, it served him well. Yeah, he owns yeah, it. He owns it. That's analogy, the perfect yeah. analogy. And you see, Matthew Wolf, the way he, you know, the younger guy now on the tour is very similar, very unorthodox swing, but uh, very effective. As long as you, as long as on impact, they're yeah. hitting the middle of the ball. You know, that's that's the most important thing. But yeah, uh, yeah fascinating. But yeah. Trump is a great. He's a great asset to the game as well. You know, he's a great entertainer. He plays these wonderful, you know, cue uh, pair shots and entertains the crowd just the way Higgins and Jimmy White did in their pump, you know. So we're blessed in a, in a lot of respects that these guys are at the top and still entertaining, you know. 
Any word on what Ronnie O'Sullivan said in the 15-minute hug with Judd Trump afterwards? No, nobody said anything. But you won't believe this. I mean, and I didn't realise this. He's had a, like a, a film crew following him around now for the last, like, I don't know, four or five months. And they followed him every day in the crucible and now. And apparently, he's been wearing a microphone all the time and even during his matches and everything. So uh, they're selling the documentary. I don't know whether it's Amazon Prime or Netflix. Ne- Netflix they haven't signed the Netflix, deal. Netflix, yeah. Netflix have it, yeah. And uh, but I don't think the deal is signed completely yet. So because he's won it now, he's won <laughs> the seven times. I mean, how, what an ending, you know. And the fact that yeah. you're going to get all that behind the scene footage, and also what what he was saying to himself, you know, in the dressing room, or even when he was playing. You know, when he was sitting in that seat, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Oh, wow. So, but he's had that to deal with that as well as trying to win the seven world championship. He's been dealing with the film crew going around with him for the last, uh, throughout this world championship every single day as well. Wow, that is amazing. But I don't know what the man, I don't know what the man hug was, was all about. And at, at times it was getting a little bit uncomfortable because <laughs> of the, the amount of time that they were hugging each other, you know. But um, uh, no, they never said, well, they just, you know, said some good things to each other, but that was it. They never divulged. Okay. I, that Netflix doc will almost certainly be extraordinary. So I was, he was talking about, yeah. he said six months they've been following me for, and they say they've never had so much access to any sports person before. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's yeah, gone yeah. all in on it. Oh, yeah. And particularly at the top of his game as well, which is, and uh, you know, to, to finish off winning the World Championship, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, they couldn't have asked for any better. You could add a, you could probably add a few zeros to the contract with Netflix now. No. <laughs> we're not signing. We're, we're renegotiating. <laughs> do you know, and yeah, just yeah. Uh, look, I, I do take the point that snooker isn't a physical sport, so it's not to- yeah. totally shocking. But the thing mm. is that O'Sullivan's not a complete outlier in that you have the likes of Mark Williams in this epic semi-final. You have John Higgins still on the go. Like we, yeah, To yeah, be fair, yeah, yeah. across sport, we'll see footballers now hitting 40 in a way which was impossible before or, or yeah, Phil Mickelson yeah, yeah. breaks the record as oldest winner. But he's not he's not dominant like an O'Sullivan or reaching semi-finals no. like, like Williams. Mm. Is it just that that generation was a particularly golden one? Or do, I think or, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they call them the class of 92 because they all turned pro in 1992, the three of them. Right. And I think that triumvirate of players have, have sort of uh, kept pushing each other on because they were always trying to outdo each other, out, you know, beat each other. And I think they kept inspiring each other. And particularly as their careers and as they got a little bit older, you know, that they wanted to stay in the game and at the very top for as long as possible. And they're continuing to do so. I mean, you've had three of them in the semifinals. It was quite incredible, you know. And when you think about Stephen Hendry, who dominated the game in the 90s, I mean, his last World Championship win came in 1999 when he was 30 years of age, you know? Wow. These guys are like 45, 46. Uh, and, you know, he's won one now, 16 years older than Stephen Hendry in his last one. That's It's quite incredible, you know? Right. Was he ter- only 30? Mm. God, you, you, that he was only 30, yeah. That was wow. his last World Championship. He won seven in the space of like 10 years. Mm. Uh, but his last one when he was 30 years of age, you know? Wow. And I presume mm. he's on the record. What what happened to him? Uh, I think, you know, for him, uh, he started to, uh, I think it just started like, I don't know, where it was an age thing or he started to get a little bit nervous. He said his cue action started to go. He started to twitch a little bit. And uh, that was the sort of the beginning of the downward spiral, you know. Wow. It's such yeah, a fascinating, so he was just, fascinating yeah, sport. Yeah, fascinating, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
well, everyone I was talking to over the weekend was watching it, so it seems to have just really yeah, flourished yeah. again, which is great. By the way, before yeah. we go, you have a, is there a documentary to mark 25 years on the way? There is, yeah. There's, it's on Virgin on Sunday night. Okay. Uh, they're just uh, so they're going to show it on Sunday. I think it is, yeah. So it's a documentary of like uh, twenty-five years anniversary, and yeah, looking back on it. So uh, oh, great. It, it won't be the same as the Ronnie O'Sullivan Netflix <laughs> one, but uh, it's it's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it. We had a we had a nice view with all the family and friends of it. It was really good down to Radisson. You know? Okay, excellent. Hope great. you like it. Make yes. sure you watch it. Great, great, great. No, 100%. I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> good show. I'm sure I suspect you're off to watch a certain football match now. So we'll, uh... I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going in next door to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Can I'm I ask Ken one question it. before he goes? Ken, who do, yeah, who yeah. do you keep? Harry Maguire or Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I tell you what, I'd definitely keep Ronaldo. One. Get rid of that Maguire fella. He's absolutely mugged. I tell you what, he wouldn't get a game for Ratmore's boys, that fella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, go on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. He, w- he wouldn't. He wouldn't get a game with us on a Wednesday, Joe. Down, ah, in, listen, down in Pembroke. Let me tell you one thing about Doherty. I haven't played with five side player. Tell you what, is he specialist? Is he one of the specialist five side players? No, Joe? you'd know this man plays in an individual sport. I wouldn't be looking for a, to square the ball. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Eyes for the goal. Mo Salah. Mo Salah. A big toe. A big toe, Kenny. A big toe into the bottom corner. Yeah. I, I, always re- I always remember as well, someone said, Ken, it's your time to go on goal. And he just puts up the hands and goes, can't. No way. <laughs> They're the money no makers. Way. Never go on goal. Never <laughs> go on goal. <laughs> go on. Thanks, Emil. Okay. See you. Ken okay. Darnie. Take care. Take care.